son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials Program, the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. This episode is brought to you by Allstate. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings vary and are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. What's up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of Flippin' Bats. What a wild day. Playoff baseball is here. Today's games were absolutely wild. We're going to dive into every single game. Some of the highlights throughout the day, the lowlights, everything is coming right at you. Everything you need to know. Who advanced and who's still playing tomorrow? Let's get to it. Start the show already. I feel like time and time again we get caught saying, wow, playoff baseball is just the best. And then it comes back to you and you realize just how good it really is. Playoff baseball, there is nothing like it. Today there was a little bit of everything. You had pitchers duels, you had shootouts. It was wild and it all led up to what just happened and just ended a few minutes ago. Both the National League games ended. They were both wild. The very end, it came down. The tying run came to the plate in both games. They were both wild. But let's start with the Padres and the Mets game because, look, this game was in New York. This is do or die for the New York Mets. They lost game one with Max Scherzer on the mound. Now you have Jacob deGrom on the mound. You're feeling good about yourself, but guess what? He gives up a home run early, ties the game. Trent Grisham's apparently the best player in baseball right now. Um, but the Mets end up pulling it out thanks to a huge seventh inning. They score four runs in the seventh inning, opening the door. A lot happened in this game that we're going to dive into because um, some big talking points here. Mets break it open in the seventh. Jacob deGrom still hit around a little bit, but the big thing for me, the Mets might not have scored a ton of runs super early, but they got to Blake Snell. They put a bunch of pitches in him. He wasn't able to get through the fourth inning, through three and a third, um, had close to 100 pitches already at that point in the game. So he comes out in the fourth inning, and my one thought goes to this Padres bullpen that is not great has a lot of outs to get. Sure enough, they did have a lot of outs to get, and they didn't get them all um, as they needed to. Mets break it open in the seventh. They needed that. It was almost like you just kept waiting when are the Mets gonna? When are they gonna get going? Like they're the favorite in this series. The the Padres obviously throwing out Blake Snell and Yu Darvish, two great arms. 
But the Mets just weren't doing much. That seventh inning seemed to be when everything turned around for the Mets, and they finally got going. Uh, what a game. And this one is happening again on Sunday. So game three uh, is coming Sunday. But what a game that we just witnessed, just came to a close. They needed that. After game one yesterday, I, I, I think this Mets-Padres, and we talked about it when we went through the brackets, all the wild card games coming up, I had mentioned, like, this was my favorite little corner yeah. that anything could I, – I, honestly, I thought the other games were going to go the other way. I, I was a, very wrong on a lot of these wild card yeah. games. We'll but this Padres-Mets matchup was kind of everything I was hoping for. Yesterday, not what I was expecting was Scherzer getting completely – lit up like to a point that was just so uncharacteristic back-to-back outings for him yeah just first Mets pitcher in history to give up four home runs in a playoff game not only that but seven earned runs was the most he has ever allowed in a playoff game for Scherzer in 22 starts and only the second time in MLB postseason history a pitcher has allowed seven runs and four home runs in a single game the first time that happened was Gene Thompson in 1939 And this is by one of the best pitchers in the game. So shocking game one for the Mets. This was a big redemption game that they needed in game two. And it's going to be fun. Like the rubber match, we're getting one game on Sunday, which I'm so happy we're actually getting a game. I'm excited it's this game. Yeah. This this feels good. It's going to be. It's going to be fun because as we've seen, anything can happen in this wild card series. Like we got a wild weekend here. Like. It has been madness. This It has been in this series alone. Uh, you, you know, the Mets lose game one. You don't feel good about it, but you feel good about having Jacob deGrom coming back out and having him game two. Jacob deGrom hasn't looked like Jacob deGrom in the last month or so. He hasn't been fantastic, but he comes out in the first inning, punches out Juan Soto on 102 miles an hour, went 101, 101, 102, punched him out, um, so you think he's locked in. And then the very next inning, he gives up a home run to Trent Grisham. And you're like, oh, no, what is going to happen here? Could this really happen? Because, you know, you really start to think about it. From the time Jacob deGrom came back off of the IL and starts heading into tonight in games started by Max Scherzer and Jacob deGrom, the Mets were 10-11. and 11. I mean, that these are your guys. This is what your team is built around. They just hadn't been good. They've been fine, but for whatever reason, they're not winning a bunch of ball games. But he ends up throwing pretty well. They go to Edwin Diaz really early, seventh inning. That that caught me a little off guard. I'm totally down for the six out save. Like that's that's common, very common for a closer, a good closer. Your best your best arm in the bullpen. But coming in in the seventh inning, that means you're most likely not going to have him in the spot as bread and butter in the ninth inning when and if you need him. Yeah. Plus, he sat. For like 45 minutes. Well, that, that it's just, it's mind-blowing how they used him. I am okay. Look, you have one great elite bullpen bullet, okay? If it happens to, if you happen to use it in the seventh inning, fine, but use it with bases loaded, two outs, bring him in, and then throw him the next inning. To bring him in with 
a clean slate with nobody on base. Well, what was the plan there? You had you had nine outs to still get, right? So you're going to have to get outs from somebody else. Why not use Adovino there and then have Edwin Diaz later in the game? You end up bringing him in in the seventh. The one, the one thing I can think of is that they had the top of the lineup due up, but they were going to be again in the ninth as well, yeah. most likely. So you, you bring him in in the seventh, which is a little bit of a head scratcher, but fine. You got to assume you're going to get two innings out of him, and then hopefully you can score in that time. But then that first inning happens, the seventh inning. Yeah. They score four runs. Edwin Diaz was sitting, like you said, 45 minutes. Yeah. That's a lot for a starting pitcher to sit, much less a, a closer that's used to throwing one inning, yeah. not going back to and sit being down. Done. And exactly. Yeah. One inning and you're done. He goes back in the dugout. He sits down for 45 minutes and then you bring him back out with a five run lead, knowing you're going to need him tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And I'm not much of a, well, you got to save him for tomorrow. Look, there is no tomorrow unless you win. But reason number one to not bring him back out is because he just sat down for 45 minutes. I tweeted this in the moment. Absolutely ridiculous that Edwin Diaz is coming back out. For multiple reasons. One, he hasn't thrown a pitch for 45 minutes. Two, you now have a big lead. And three, there's another game tomorrow. Number one being by far the most important. Obviously, winning this game is a must. But this is shocking. And I, I will say that that was a shocking moment for me. It was. It can also be dangerous. So when you have a guy who's getting up, pitching, used to being done for the night and going through his like end of game routine. Now you have him sitting for 45 minutes. If he gets back up, he's not warming up again. It's not something he's used to. That's when injuries can happen. Yeah. And this is your guy. This is this is your number one arm in the bullpen, closes out games, gets you your saves, and you're putting him in, in the seventh and a couple outs in the eighth inning. Yeah. And then they also kind of could have needed him potentially in the ninth with bases loaded. Right. So that, it, that was a little confusing. But the big thing for them – they got Jacob DeGrom to get through that six. And getting him through six innings was huge. One thing I noticed when he came out of the game, this was a little odd. Uh, he comes out of the game, Buck Showalter, maybe we should call him Butt Showalter because <laughs> he just, yeah. he went right for Jacob DeGrom. If you are watching this, oh. you can see that, uh, that we, we're putting it on the board now. So if you're watching this on YouTube, if you're just listening, I'll try and explain it. Jacob DeGrom goes back in the dugout and it was very, very odd how Buck Showalter <laughs> went about this. A full, full cuppage, if you will, yeah. of his butt. And then like, it was, it was a little odd. It, I don't know if you've seen the Key and Peele, Key and Peele uh, skit, slap ass. <laughs> it's a whole baseball clubhouse where it's a thing. You know, it's very common in baseball. Where it's you a baseball see, thing. Yeah, 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 you see the butt slaps. Um, that was a little extended. <laughs> it but, was so weird. But things kind of turned around for the Mets after that. So maybe, maybe they needed that. Maybe it was that. good luck. Maybe it, like, let, let's just say maybe it was the good luck booty slap that they needed. If Who you're going to rub anybody's butt for good luck on the team, it's going to be the guy that's going to make $50 million. <laughs> yep. You know, not a bad, you know, yep. sure. So it worked. Just, I can't, it's so <laughs> weird. Uh, but uh, Mets end up winning the game. Uh, it just ended a few minutes ago. It got a little hairy there in the ninth inning. Bases loaded. Josh Bell at the plate ends up grounding out. Mets needed it, obviously, because they go home if they don't win, but they get it done, which all leads up to tomorrow. Sunday, we get game three, do or die in New York. I imagine it's going to be Chris Bassett, Joe Musgrove. Um, I, I'm really pumped up for that. Um, and 
that's uh, that's the only game three we're gonna get. I, you know, I'm just excited we get a game three, and I'm excited. As we said, I'm excited. It's this game because it can really go either way. Who wins? Um, I mean, I picked the Mets, so I'm hoping that the Mets win. I guess, but at this point, like, I like both teams, and like, both teams have a good chance at winning this. So I. I picked Mets originally, so I'm going to stick with my original pick, but I, I Padres are Mets, showing up. I picked Mets originally as well, which is why I, I don't feel good about it because oh. I am on an incredible streak of um, last year not getting a playoff prediction right <laughs> and 0 for 3 to start this year. Oh, I'm 0 for 2. You, you know, so what happened last year, I went really – like it was my first year doing it and I yeah. got really cute. Like, hey, pitching staff, they can win, they can win, and I went really off the wall. This year in the first round, I went pretty chalky. Like this is, yeah. these are probably what's going to happen. Everybody in the world really had the same. Everybody that I've seen have had the same picks. And then, I think it's just it, we had, I think, the exact same picks for the wild card, but not upset. Like not upset about the Guardians. Not upset about the Mariners. No, great baseball. Like it's been Phillies. Great. Shocker, honestly, like that. That was probably my biggest shocker. That was another I, great. That was a, a great series. That one, one that just wrapped ended. up as well. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that was a shocker. And like Phillies win that series. Phillies advance, which we're going to talk about this in a little while, but yeah. the playoff draft that we did, yep, they were thrown to me the very last pick. Done. Kind of like the last kid that you pick in the in the kickball and, and recess. I got thrown the last pick of the draft. Guess what? It was the Phillies. They've won a couple no, times Phillies now. slash Brewers. It wasn't even a full <laughs> pick. Like, they didn't even have their own selection. Yes. Like, that's how little faith we had True. in the Phillies because they did not have a good last little stretch of the regular season. Turn things around. So – the Phillies obviously just won the series. Yeah. It was their first playoff series win since 2010. Wow. So congratulations wow. to the Philadelphia Phillies for going into St. Louis, beating a team that um, not the most talented team on paper, but a team with a good offense and a team that had some magic going in Albert Pujols. The, this, the Cardinals just had one of those teams that had a feel this year of, Look, are they the most talented? No. But would you be surprised if they made a little bit of a run? Also no, because of all the storylines they had going on there. But no, no, no. The <laughs> Phillies who squeak in, um, they limped into the playoffs, and they shut down the Cardinals. Aaron Nola and Zach Wheeler, probably the most under – Aaron Nola and Zach Wheeler – are the most underrated pitching duo in the game of baseball. It has been unbelievable what they've done this year. Aaron Nola, who pitched tonight, who pitched Saturday night this year, became the first pitcher with 220 or more strikeouts and less than 30 walks. First pitcher since 1884. And that's just not this some obscure stat. That's 220 or more strikeouts and less than 30 walks. First pitcher since 1884. That is truly wild. The Phillies are the first team to have their starter throw at least six scoreless innings in each of their first two playoff games, joining the 21 Yankees, 1921 Yankees, 2018 Dodgers, 2019 Astros, 2020 Braves. The fifth team in history to have their two starters in the first two games go six or more scoreless innings. Zach Wheeler and Aaron Nola are elite, and if they're pitching like this, it could be a problem for 
teams that they're going to face throughout the playoffs. They go on now to play the Braves, I believe, but still. I got to hand it to the Phillies. Like, they came through. It wasn't until the ninth inning in game one where they really got hot and turned things around and had that crazy comeback win after the Cardinals had that pinch hit home run. They came out for the curtain call in game one. Albert came over the railing. It was like, they're going to do it. This feels right. And then Philly comes back in the ninth inning. It was like, no, no, no. Here we are. Took game one and then just kept that rolling straight into game two. Bryce Harper coming out big with a big home run. They're stars. This is a thing in the postseason. Your good and top players need to be your best players. They need to play to the top of their game. Philly did that. Cardinals did not. They're two MVPs, Goldschmidt and Arenado, one for 15, zero extra base hits, six strikeouts. Ooh, the quotes next to MVP. Tough. Tough. They did <laughs> they did not show up. Their yeah. top guys, the cards, did not show up. And you mentioned that you have to. Bryce Harper, who yeah. had not been great nope. coming down the stretch by any means, second inning, gets the scoring started, home run. We mentioned game one, home run, pinch hit, home run, and gives the team the lead. You head into the ninth, or you head into the eighth, you have the best clo- one of the best closers in the game of baseball, Ryan Helsley, come in. I We got to talk about this. He comes in in the eighth. He goes back out for the ninth, and that's when all hell broke loose. Mm-hmm. All hell, Helsley, get it? I yep. didn't even okay. plan that, but get it just it. came out, came to my <laughs> mind as well. But look, he was one of the better closers in the game of baseball, but he's coming off an injury very late in the year. Last week of the year, he's coming off an injury. Why are you asking of him a two-inning two save mm-hmm. when he hardly ever has done that this year? and he's coming off of an injury, you're pushing him too hard coming off an injury, then he goes back out with a numb finger, can't find the strike zone, and that's just an absolute fiasco. From that point on, um, the the second he comes out, he had lost all control. The Phillies end up piling it on and then end up coming out today, setting the tone early. They obviously didn't score very many runs uh, because they won the game 2-0, but they got it started early, the momentum from yesterday, Mm -hmm. and the Cardinals just couldn't figure out how to hit. That's what they're supposed to do. They didn't have the pitching to get it done. Their question mark was the pitching. But you got Nolan Arenado, you got Paul Goldschmidt, and you got some other great pieces around them. And like you said, Arenado and Goldschmidt won for 15 in the series with six strikeouts. And the one hit was a single. There was one point in this game tonight where I made a mental note to myself. I said, this is the game, and this is the series. Albert Pujols gets on Gets on with a single, with one out, and then who do you have coming up? You have Paul Goldschmidt, Nolan Arenado, runner on first base, one out, down a run at the time, or maybe down a run or two. But you got your guys up at the plate. Strikeout, inning over, doesn't go well. And and that was the tone of the series. The, the Cardinals' big bats, obviously all of their bats, but the big bats that have carried them to an NL Central title didn't show up when they needed to, and and it, and it cost them big time. Nobody showed up for the Cardinals in a big moment. Not a single player, and that's disappointing. And that base hit is the very last base hit we're seeing of Albert Pujols. Yeah. I, that just like that just dawned on me. I forgot. Like, oh, he's done. He's done. He's out. That's it. That's sad. That's a tough. We didn't plan. We didn't have crying in our rundown, but I it just didn't. All... But as you were talking about it, I'm like, that was his last major league hit. That's sad. That is I sad. mean, and 
epic farewell tour, end of the season. We were talking about for the last couple of weeks, this could be the team to fear because they had the it factor. They had the magic. They had these two potential MVPs. None of it came together in this wild card series. Yeah. So Not you, one. you see it now in this video, if you're watching it, Pujols gets that last, that in the eighth gets on base, gets taken out of the game. The crowd in St. Louis knew it. They knew. Knew it was his last moment on a baseball field, unless there was a comeback. Great ovation there. And I also, they stuck around after the game and they, I think they gave them a big ovation as they yeah. should. Um, but yeah, emotional. The machine is done at the hands of the Philadelphia Phillies. The Phillies are moving on. So let's take a look at the updated uh, bracket on the National League side of things. You have the Phillies, the sixth seed, advancing past the Cardinals. So the Phillies will take on the Atlanta Braves and NL East, NL East, NLDS. Braves hosting the Phillies there. These are now five-game series once we move on. So this is as normal. Five-game NLDS and ALDS, seven-game CS, and seven-game World Series. Um, so that's the National League side of things. And we do not know yet the winner of Mets-Padres because, well, guess what? As we just talked about, woo woo. the Mets win tonight. We are getting a game three on Sunday. So we will be live right after that game tomorrow. So tune in tomorrow night, same thing. We'll go over that game and then a full preview of the next round. But before we do that, we have a full preview and a recap of the other side of the oh, yeah. bracket. There were oh, yeah. other games today that were the oh, – Can't we just, just talk about like how cool – how cool like yesterday and today were having mm -hmm. games at we're on the we're on the yeah. the west coast so we had games at 9 a.m. noon four like we woke up with baseball we went to bed with baseball yesterday and then today woke up again like it was so cool and we got everything By we got way, a little bit of everything it was wild wild not, card weekend has been wild you're not gonna like this what west coast worst time zone for sports oh stop west yeah. coast best coast no. um. No. Yeah, because you get to actually, like, right now, it's not that late for us. East Coast? That's the point. Like, look, baseball, if there's a late-night baseball game, let's look at football, for instance. That's Sunday night football, Monday night football. The game starts at 5 o'clock. It's over at 8. Uh, what am I going to do the for the rest of the night? That's supposed to put you to bed. Did you grow up on the East Coast? Yeah, I grew up yeah, on the I East Coast. Yeah, I grew up on the East West Coast. 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 So, we're just have to – no, no, no. Like we're going to have to agree to disagree here. West Coast, best coast. Mm. Sorry. Mm. Not sorry. You just – you're you're – you just don't know. And that's okay. That's, that's fine. Okay. Let's, you don't let's, know. Let's it's talk okay. about, um, let's, where do we want to start first? Let's talk about Mariners Oof. and Jays. Because these it. next two games that happened, there's been two games that's happened in each. But yeah. both of them today, as in Saturday, were wild for way different reasons. Let's, Mariners, <laughs> Mariners Jays is where we'll start. Beautiful chaos. Can we just call well, it beautiful chaos? chaos offensive explosion that's my kind of game that's what I want to see that was endless action back and forth emotions one team has a league the other one comes back we had a little bit of drama we it was that that game was crazy that so, was crazy one Cal Raleigh yeah that's really all you need to say Cal Raleigh what a hero big dumper as he goes by I, can you Iconic. explain that? Explain that. I can for, explain it because ESPN don't tried their best to explain it when the game was there and, and the broadcast didn't know how yeah. to really explain it because Cal Raleigh has perhaps the greatest nickname 
in baseball right now, Big Dumper. And he got that name <laughs> for having a big butt. Okay. As as his teammates called it, he's got a wagon. Yep. And that's why he is known as the Big Dumper. So hearing the game broadcast, trying to hearing Peter Gammons try and explain <laughs> why he's called Big Dumper will forever live on in my uh, brain. I don't know if I want that living on, but it's just etched in my memory. But what he has done on the field mm -hmm. has been um, legendary, and, and I don't say that lightly. With the, He had a two-run home run in game one Friday, and he became the first player in Mariners franchise history to hit a home run in his first career postseason at bat. Remarkable right there. Then plays a huge role in today's game, getting a, a double in the ninth inning that ended up scoring the game-winning run. Cal Raleigh, a.k.a. Big Dumper, is um, quickly becoming a Seattle Mariners legend. I mean, I think he was the moment he hit the, the walk-off home run to Great break point. the playoff drought. Yep. And then he comes through and gets a huge hit home run in their first game. Like, he... He is the hero. He is the Seattle mascot hero on the team right now. If I were to – let me read you the stat and the names involved with it. Kay. There's been four players in Mariners franchise history to reach base four times in one playoff game. Okay? Cal Raleigh, Edgar Martinez, Jay Buhner, and Alex Rodriguez. Cal Raleigh is the fourth one to do that with just legend – Mariners names truly incredible what a game so this goes back and forth and back and forth and 10 to 9 and it was 8 to 1 Toronto Blue Jays 8 to 1 at one point fairly early on the Mariners were down seven runs seven runs and the Toronto Blue Jays blew it 8 to 1 blow it come back break it open tie it up in the I, I forget what inning it is but uh Eighth Base, inning, they come to tie it up. Yeah, eighth, eighth yeah. inning, bases loaded. You bring in your closer, one of the best lockdown closers in the game of baseball, Jordan Romano. You're up three runs, nobody out, bases loaded. You bring in your closer. He punches out the first two guys. Then you feel great about it, and then he gets weak contact for that third from that third batter and a blooper out into center right into no man's land. Bo Bichette going back, George Springer coming in, a little blooper. They both dive for it. They collide in the outfield, miss it. All three runs scored, tie game. George Springer goes down. He's hurt. He gets carted off the field. Just, you feel so bad. That's worse. That's a fiasco. And you almost feel like the Toronto Blue Jays are cursed because I can't believe that happened. It's so bad. That was the moment when I knew they weren't going to win the game. When you blow a lead like that, and then you have a play like that where two of your top guys collide, yeah. Springer gets carted off, that just takes all the wind out of your sails. It literally, you can see the soul out of the team just going away. And like that stadium, is one of your top, everybody. That that out. was the turning point. And I, I personally felt like that's when they lost the game. Yeah. There was no, there, there wasn't that, like, the it factor. They, you didn't feel that excitement that they had yeah. all the way up until that point. Well, first off, yeah, that's that's the literal moment where the game was, okay, this, this is yeah. gone, even though it was a tie game. But they also blew a seven-run lead. Brilliant. And I said this for a while. 
the Blue Jays just I, I did think they could win this series, but they didn't have the pitching. They had two they have two great aces. They have a good closer. But I said this, they don't have the arms to bridge that gap. And you're gonna have to bridge the gap. They have a seven run lead to bridge the gap after Kevin Gosman throws great. And they can't get to the closer. They blow a seven run lead. That's where this was lost. But where it was won for the Seattle Mariners is the rally shoe. <laughs> Please explain this. The rally shoe is becoming one of my favorite things of all time. It is iconic. Uh, let me explain briefly uh, what happened here. So these games were being played in Toronto, but back in Seattle at T-Mobile Park in Seattle, they were doing a watch party. A fan in the stands named Ben because, of course, a guy named Ben would take a shoe off and put it on top of his head. Uh -huh. A guy in the stands named Ben put a shoe on top of his head, and people around started joining him. It was the rally shoe. He puts a shoe on top of his head, and it sparked the rally. Now, here's the tweet from the Seattle Mariners themselves. This is Ben. Ben put his shoe on his head at the T-Mobile Park watch party before the eighth inning. We got a few hits, and soon everyone had shoes on their heads. You know what happened next. The rally shoe is officially being kept for the Mariners Hall of Fame baseball. The Mariners took that shoe yeah. and have officially put it in their <laughs> Hall of Fame. The rally shoe of 22 will forever be immortalized in Mariners history. Forever. Oosh. We will forever be remembering this. Okay. There's no doubt in my mind. Okay. You like that? I like it. I also like that it's a Birkenstock. <laughs> That's what it was. It was a Birkenstock on his head, which feels very Seattle. I will say. Yeah. It just, this is, this is, there's certain things that happen throughout magical runs mm -hmm. that you don't plan on. You can't even really understand, but you look back and say, it all turned right there. Like the rally monkey for the Angels when they yeah. won the World Series in 02. It became their mascot. They don't have a mascot. The rally monkey literally became did their the mascot rally after that. Did the monkey start in that? Yes. How did it? How? The stuffed animals. Everyone just started having the rally monkeys. They're like these, like with the long <laughs> arms that are monkeys, stuffed animals. And no, then the rally monkey. And then they had it on the Jumbotron where like they would actually have Katie jump. The monkey's name was Katie, would jump up and down, and it became like a whole thing. And then <laughs> after that, it became their mascot. Yeah, I mean, it's been a legend. It's ever, you know, it's become yeah. a thing now. But that's what I'm saying. This will be. Yeah. Maybe we'll see. Interesting. We will see fans wearing shoes on their heads in Seattle <laughs> for the rest of time <laughs> because of what we saw. For Saturday. sure, the rest of the postseason. For us, we're, we're, we're going to see it. For okay. Rest of time. All right. Give I'll me take that. it. Fun. The Seattle Mariners are fun. I'm wearing their shirt. Fun differential. Seattle Mariners baseball and the Seattle Mariners are having fun. They danced around on the field afterwards as they always do. Yeah. And uh, just a blast of a series uh, and, and shout out to the Toronto Blue Jays. When everybody is talking about their pitching and they have timely offense, they won this series by putting up 10 runs yeah. and they needed every single one. They won 10 to nine. They did. The Blue Jays lost this game. This was their game. Yes. They, they had it. They literally had it in their hands and they let it fall through their fingers. So this, all the credit goes to the Seattle Mariners today and this, this wild card series. That was impressive. Some say 
the Toronto Blue Jays lost the game. Others say oh, okay. Ben and his Birkenstock <laughs> won the game. <laughs> Rumor has it you can walk into T-Mobile Park right now and there is a stench that will last until oh, game three of the no, ALDS. No, when stop, the Astros stop. And the Mariners go on. Stop. Mariners win. They defeat the Jays 10-9. to But there was another game in the American League oh. that was not a final score of 10-9. to The Cleveland Guardians... And the Tampa Bay Rays played a game for the ages, and it went until the 15th inning when the Cleveland Guardians walked it off in the 15th. 15 innings, 0-0 until the final. This was the epitome of a pitching duel. 14 scoreless innings, making it the longest scoreless game in postseason history. So this is the question I have for you, and I asked fans at home too. Shaking that it is. I'm shaking. Okay. Do you prefer? Because we saw both today. Do you prefer a pitching duel, Mm. or do you prefer an offensive explosion? And we saw both because we started with the pitching duel. It was five plus hours of a pitching duel, and then we saw the craziest. Offensive explosion with the Blue Jays and the Mariners. So, what game did you like watching better? Uh, see, Come on, th- that's tough. That's no, tough. it's not. What did you like watching better? What game did I like watching better? Yep. I would say in the end, the the Jays Mariners ten nine game ended up better for for watching. But I, I don't think that's I don't think that's fair for me to answer the question that way. Okay. The original question would would you rather a pitcher's duel or an offensive exclo- explosion? Yep. One, I don't think there's a wrong answer. I think it's different strokes for different folks. You can pick whatever you want. I happen to like I, I like pitchers duels. I think a zero zero ball game that ends one nothing in the fifteenth is a bit of of an extreme version of that. Like, give me, you know, I like a a 2-1 game where both starters pitch into the ninth and then a closer comes on and 2-1 ball game. It's intense throughout. I I don't think there's anything wrong to say because this became a huge talking point on social media throughout this game is this game is great. This game's so boring. This game's awful. This game's incredible. It was all over the map. I think it's totally fair to say that it was a good baseball game, I would have liked a little bit more offense. I mean, there's a difference between a pitcher's duel. The Cleveland Guardians swept this series hitting 178 on the series. That game on Saturday, or the Saturday game, the one that happened today, 38 strikeouts broke the all-time postseason franchise record. I mean, yes, it was a great pitcher's duel, and Shane Bieber, or or Tristan McKenzie was fantastic. Tyler Glassnow was fantastic, Mm -hmm. but there was really no action. On, on, you know, I would have liked a little more action on the base pass. There were some great defensive plays, but I think it's fair to say I love pitchers' duels, but I would have liked a little more, like, a little more hits thrown in there. See, I am 100% offensive explosion. Pitching duels, I feel like I'm just full of anxiety watching the game. Every, <laughs> every at bat, every pitch matters because they've, they've held it to scoreless innings up until that point. Meanwhile, when I'm watching an offensive explosion, it's like, yeah, excitement. This is cool. Yeah, whoa. You're like all over the place, but you're more like outgoing. And I feel like I'm like, I turn inward when I'm watching like a pitching duel. Like, so I guess oh it's like, what, what emotion 
do you want? Because you need that anxiety. <gasps> Edge of your seat. You're scared of what's going to happen next. You know, like sometimes you need that. It's like, give me, give me that postseason anxiety. No, you know, no like, more anxiety. Sometimes please. you need that, and we got that in that game. I mean, it was edge of your seat. Yeah. Uh, and I think this is a fair, fair point to bring up answering your question. I know the games were at different places, but mm -hmm. when that. When that Guardians Rays game was going on, that everybody was—it was either this is really boring or this is great. Everybody was watching that game. Oh yeah, zero zero going into the fifteenth. Everybody's still watching that game. But the Cleveland Guardians end up pulling it out. Oscar Gonzalez hits a walk-off absolute Oof. tank. Yeah, bomb walks it off. Cleveland Guardians advance, heading back, uh, heading to New York. But what a, what a series that was. The Guardians are the eighth youngest team. The eighth. Let me start over. Yeah. The Guardians are the youngest team in baseball. Yeah. Okay. This is the eighth time in history that the youngest team in baseball has made the playoffs. Yeah. And you can see it when you're watching the game. Not because it's young, immature, thing, not like, you know, immature things happening on the field where boneheaded mistakes. None of that. You can just see the jubilation with every single thing. Teams that have been here before – you know, they get big outs, and it's just like, all right, now we go. You look in the dugout when, when the Guardians get a hit or make a big play. Guys are jumping up on the dugout railing. They're so pumped. This game was so much fun. It ended with that walk-off home run. They brought a cooler to home plate to dump on Oscar Gonzalez. They dropped it. There's just so much exciting excitement oh, yeah. going on. Um, I, I loved this game. I had a lot of fun watching it. The ending was great, and Omer Gonzalez – Mind you, one of 17 players on the Guardians to make his major league debut this season. Now, this is why young teams are dangerous. They haven't experienced that pressure yet. Like you were saying, the excitement that you see after they have a, a big out or a big hit. This is the first time they're experiencing. Yeah, they're too young to even know what these they're emotions, doing. These <laughs> emotions, especially at this level and in the playoffs, they don't know what it means not to get there. Yeah. This is their first year in the big leagues and they are in the postseason and they won their first series. That team who is fearless and they don't know what to expect. That's dangerous. Yeah. Very dangerous. So great game there. Guardians sweep when a lot of people, a lot of people were picking the Rays. I know myself, um, I Alex did as well. Most of our Fox crew that they put, you know, A Rod picked the Rays. A lot of they were the 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 sexy pick to upset in the first round. But no, 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 <laughs> the young Cleveland Guardians, the the youngest playoff team in baseball, the youngest team in baseball, they make it. They're the eighth time that has ever happened, and the first time since the 1986 Mets Oof. that the youngest team in baseball has made the playoffs, and they win their first series. They are advancing. So let's take a look at the playoff bracket now Ugh. that the American League side has been talked about. Guardians advance, so the Guardians will be going to New York. Now it's a five-game series. The setup will be 2-2-1. Two, two, First two games in New York, second two games in Cleveland, a game five, if need be, back in New York. Um, Storyline here, Miles Straw is going back to New York. Last time that happened, fans were throwing trash at him. He was jumping up into the stands. It will be madness in center field in New York. So Guardians and, and Yankees and the Mariners who advanced over the Jays, we get an AL West showdown in the American League Division Series. How do you feel about that, though? Because obviously you're picking the Astros to go all the way, yeah. but you're also now a big Seattle guy. 
Yeah, it's a it's been a constant fight in my brain yeah. for a few hours because I I do really I really like the Mariners. Uh, I I really like the team. I thought their one struggle was going to be that they ended up with the worst seed you can possibly get, and they'd have three road games in Toronto. I thought that's where they could get tripped up, but Luis Castillo, unbelievably good. And uh, they end up putting up 10 runs today. They did it. They dominated that series, mm-hmm. and they deserve to win that series. They are a really good baseball team. Now, they do not play well against the Houston Astros. Um, and to be honest with you, there's some sort of voodoo shoe magic going on <laughs> with the Seattle Mariners. And I don't like it one bit heading into the next game they're going to play will be against my brother. So, Ooh, and they're on a high. Yeah. They're riding a high. They're they're literally riding a high from getting into the postseason for the first time in 21 years to then sweeping the Blue Jays in Toronto, and now they're facing your brother. Yeah. So um, that's also that's a big deal for them that yeah. they got through this in two games. Yep. And, and this is important for every one of these series. So let me talk about it briefly. The teams coming out of the wild card round are playing a team that got a bye. The team with the bye is able to set up their rotation however they want, right? Their ace, their two, their three, their four, if need be, however it may be. Coming out of the wild card round, you don't have that luxury because you're throwing your first two guys. If there's a game three, you're having to throw your third best pitcher. The Seattle Mariners didn't have to do that. So now they can have Logan Gilbert starting game one against the Houston Astros. If it would have gone to a game three, guess what? He would have been pitching, and then they'd really have their backs against the wall. A good example of that is on the National League side of things where the Mets and the Padres have been playing each other. Now it's going to three games, so the Mets will have to use DeGrom, Scherzer, and Chris Bassett now where you could have had him for a game one. And the Padres, the same thing. Darvish, Snell, and Joe Musgrove, where you could have had him for a game one. So winning that first series in two games gives you a much, much, much better chance of matching up well with that team that's coming off a bye in the division series. So uh, everything is wrapped, but Padres and Mets, we will be back tomorrow night to talk all, all, all about that final game and previewing the next round of the playoffs. But before we do anything else... Some takeaways. Yeah. What were your three biggest takeaways from this weekend? Three biggest takeaways. Um, let's see. First, first and foremost would be the Seattle Mariners. Mm. Seattle Mariners, magic. Mariners, magic, moving on. That's my biggest takeaway. Um, they are a team that I pegged to have a legitimate chance in these playoffs. Now. Did I pick them to beat the Blue Jays? No, because I thought their backs were against the wall being in Toronto. But they match up well with everybody. They match up well with the Yankees. They're not a great matchup with the Astros. The Astros dominated them throughout the year. But now you add in this magic that they have going. They're dancing around the field. They got fans with shoes on top of their heads. My takeaway from today and the first couple of days of this, of these playoffs, are that the Mariners have some magic going on. And that magic is real. And the big dumper is a big part of that. <laughs> Not only the player itself, but the big dumper is getting his, his butt into it and getting some power. And oh, yeah. He's been doing some big things. So 
Uh, watch out for the Mariners. Mariners magic moving on. Point number one for me. Um, number two. We got another day of NBA action. And with FanDuel, every night is a watch party. So it's time for your FanDuel crew to make their bets. So, what's the move tonight, gang? You know that new customers who bet $5 get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Woohoo! We're heating up, fam. Bet all the stars with all your friends and make every moment more only on FanDuel. New customers bet $5, get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Make every moment more with FanDuel. One plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus vest that expires seven days after receipt. See full terms at fanduel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Pitchers duels mm. are fun. Eh. No, they are fun. Okay. They are edge of your seat. What anxiety. is going to happen next? Anxiety Ooh. all over the place. <laughs> oh, my God. A runner got on first base. Ah, that's fun. That's October baseball. And so is what happened in the Jays-Rays game. They're totally different, but pitchers' duels are fun. That was a fantastic baseball game that we saw on Saturday with the Guardians and the Rays. It was great. Tristan McKenzie and Glass now were dominant. It was so much fun to watch. Edge of your seat. Guess what? It's a 0-0 ball game. Late in the game, there's a runner on third base. Jose Ramirez makes an incredible play on a play down the line. Makes it great pick over at first by Josh Naylor. And it felt like in that moment, that just saved the game. And it did. If that run scores, they lose that game. That just saved the game. In an offensive explosion, ah, man, we gave up a two-run bomb. All right, let's get it back next inning. Uh-uh-uh. And a pitcher's duel, if one run scores, you're like, oh, my God, we are we going to score? We have to. This could be the game. Both are fun, but pitcher's duels are fun. So get it out. If you, if you think that you're watching a boring game, if you sat there watching Cleveland Guardians and Tampa Bay, once it got in late in the game, I was like, all right, can somebody score? But pitcher's duels are fun. That was a takeaway for me, my second takeaway. All right. Third. Um, third. Lastly for me. These are in no particular order, mm-hmm. might I add. Um, the Cardinals forgot how to hit Oof. Yeah, and it good. ended their season. Um, you have two MVP candidates, Paul Goldschmidt, Nolan Arenado. Goldschmidt's going to win the MVP award, but he had been struggling in September, struggled in the playoffs. Nolan Arenado going to perhaps be a finalist for the MVP award could be one and two. And they went one for 15 with six strikeouts one single that ain't going to cut it. The Cardinals, the calendar turned to October and they forgot how to hit and it cost them. And this team was built around offense. This team wasn't built around Jose Quintana and Jordan Montgomery and miles Michaelis as starting pitchers. That's not who they're built around. That was just like, Hey, you guys need to get the job done. We're going to put up some runs on our end. You got three home games to get the job done and you put up a goose egg in the second game and thank thanks to one guy that came off the bench Juan Yepes in game one or you wouldn't have scored any runs in, in 18 innings they forgot how to hit and 
I am not happy with them because that was the end of Albert Pujols' career. Uh, Albert Pujols' career came to an end because the Cardinals forgot how to hit in October. And Albert Pujols combined, Albert Pujols got more hits than Nolan Arenado and, Albert, and, and Paul Goldschmidt combined. And that ain't a good recipe for success. So uh, those are my takeaways. Mariners magic moving on. Pitchers duels are fun. And the St. Louis Cardinals, they forgot how to hit. Yeah, I think the the Mariners may have stolen the Cardinal magic that we were talking about, <laughs> possibly going into the postseason. Because that's what we both kind of picked was Cardinals were the team to watch. But then now Mariners completely stole all that magic. Do you think when Ben took off his shoe oh. after the seventh inning <laughs> in Seattle that the magic that was in St. Uh, Louis no. transitioned to his shoe went on top of his head and it propelled the Mariners to victory and the Cardinals had nothing left. You're looking at me like I'm crazy. Okay. Well, timing-wise, wasn't no, the game the Mar- before? That okay. was, yeah, Jay's, okay. Jay's okay. Mariners was way Got earlier. It. So, okay. yeah, so, so it had time to travel. Like Everything, okay. everything All right. adds up. It's out there, but I'll take it. Yeah. All right. So is putting a shoe on your head. It, it is. Works. A Burke. A Birkenstock. Okay. It kind of leads into to my first takeaway yeah. for my three. My first takeaway are the crazy comebacks. No lead is safe. Now, we saw this both on Friday and we saw it today. But Friday, it was the Phillies coming back in the ninth inning to score six after the Cardinals had that pinch hit home run and felt, it felt like they thought that they had won the game in that moment. Yeah. And then the Phillies came back and just completely destroyed them in the ninth inning, carried it through into game two, came out strong, and took the series. Then today, we saw Seattle, the little Seattle magic we're talking mm-hmm. about, come back from an 8-1 deficit against the Blue Jays. Once again, I think everyone thought the Blue Jays had this game. Safe to say, Four runs in the sixth inning, four runs in the eighth inning for Seattle. And that was it. No lead is safe. That was wild. It's what you want to see in these wild card weekend matchups. So it was great. All right. My second takeaway. The Cleveland Guardians fear the young. They have 17, 17 players on their team who made their major league debut Mm. This season, they are the youngest team in baseball. They are the youngest team in the postseason, and they have not experienced the kind of pressure that majority of the other guys playing in the postseason know, have experienced fear. They are playing with no fear. And when you don't know what to fear, that's when you are the most dangerous. I like it. So I think this team, watch out. Okay. Watch out. Now, my third takeaway. The Mets, one-two missed punch. Now, they have two of the best pitchers in the game, Scherzer and DeGrom. Back-to-back outings, they have gotten lit up. Scherzer in particular, that was just so uncharacteristic on Friday. Fourth time he's allowed four home runs in a game in his career. But the seven earned runs were the most earned runs Scherzer has allowed in a playoff game in his career out of 22 games. But then also, only the second time in Major League postseason history, a pitcher has allowed seven runs and four home runs in a single game. And he is supposed to be one of the top in the game. And then you have DeGrom. Got the job job done today, 
wasn't great. But these are the two guys yeah. that you think this is going to be an easy win. When you see them penciled in, starting on the mound, you're like, done. This is our game. Braves got to him. Mets got to him. Or the, sorry. Padres. The Padres got yeah. to him. It, it was just weird to see. It, it, their one-two punch missed. Yep. It was weird. Yeah. I'm with yeah. you. Those are good. Um, luckily, Jacob Degrom did enough today. He did enough. He got to, the, job to the job done. But that's not. You're not looking for. You know. No. When you think Jacob Degrom, you think. Well, All right, lights out. No runs. Um, those were good. Uh, what is not good? What? Alex is your score oh, in our playoff 2022 Flipping Bats playoff draft. A <sighs> uh, little update for everybody before the playoff started. We went. Uh, myself, Alex, and producer Taylor all <laughs> drafted teams in a in an organized snake draft. We picked teams for every win in the playoffs. You get a point. Quick update on that. My teams, the Houston Astros, St. Louis Cardinals, Seattle Mariners, Philadelphia Phillies. I have four points thanks to the Phillies and the Mariners, my last two picks. Alex has the Dodgers, the Yankees, both on buys. The Blue Jays and the Rays for a total of zero points. And producer Taylor, Mets, <sighs> Braves, Guardians, Padres for a total of four points there as well. So four for me, four for producer Taylor. And watch out for Alex. She's going to you know get what? going here soon. I was going heavy on the second round, okay? That's where... I believe I am going to pick up majority of my points <laughs> and my teams are going to go all the way. I'm picking them both in the World Series. So I have faith. Well, we will I got, have... I, mine's a long play. I got a long play here, okay? We will have one more update on that tomorrow. Are the Padres going to win or the Mets going to win? We don't know yet, but either way, producer Taylor will be getting a, <laughs> point, get a point and taking the lead. Yeah. But we will also be talking about... The preview of the division series on both sides. Tune in tomorrow night, right around the same time, right after the Mets-Padres games end. Game three, elimination game tomorrow night. We will be back for another episode of Flippin' Bats. What a wild first two days this has been. Thank you all for joining, listening to this episode of Flippin' Bats. Wherever you listen to podcasts, make sure you subscribe to Flippin' Bats, Apple or Spotify, wherever, and subscribe. Follow along on all social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and you can watch every single episode on YouTube as well, at Flippin' Bats Pod for all of them. Alex, playoff baseball is back, Woo! and it is beautiful. Thank you all for listening, and I will see you tomorrow for another episode of Flippin' Bats.